welcome to Press Church. I'm Rhonda Litton. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. On December 7th at 7 p.m. at our Press Outreach Center in Delaware, we will be making no-sew blankets. We're working with the Dream Center in Delaware to donate these blankets to families in need. If you would like to help, please sign up at the front desk in the lobby. Press Youth will be meeting next Sunday, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our POW campus. This is a great opportunity for our youth to connect with each other and learn more about God. From 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday, December 2nd, we'll be hosting a blood drive at our POW campus. For more information, please email jason.allison at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there's a box at the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you'd prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Welcome to the island of the misfit toys. Welcome to the island of the misfit toys. Land of the broken cousin. Don't you forget, you were loved. You were loved. Good morning. How are we doing today? Hey, pretty good. Welcome to Press. My name is Sean Lee. I'm a lead pastor here. And today we have a special Sunday with both Pastor CR and Pastor Jason with us. You guys can clap. I, there's a, you, can, you can do that. That's fine. <laughs> it's like, what? Maybe? For those of you joining Golf us clap. online, what was that? Golf clap. Golf clap. Yes. Yeah, yes. Proper clap. For those of you joining us online, welcome. And if you're visiting for the first time, whether online or in person, uh, thank you for being here. It's great to have you. Uh, things look a little different this Sunday, right? <laughs> we changed it up a little bit today. Uh, so we've got uh, our elementary kids in with us today. We've got some popcorn for y'all. And then obviously you get, you get the fun of having all three of us today. If, you, if you've been with us before, you know we usually do our car videos. We, get, we usually have each of us, we hop in the car, we do some car videos and talk about it. But today, you get to hear from all of us in real time. So before we jump into that, I have a couple things. Um, first, hopefully you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I know it was nice to, to relax a little bit. I think our family, I don't think we got out of our PJs at all on Saturday. So that was, that was nice. We just, what, what, are you judging? Nope, not judging. Are you judging? Okay, I'm judging a little. <laughs> you you got to do that every once in a while. You got to do that every once in a while. Uh, I want to reinstate some of the things in the announcement video that we had 
If you have not signed up for the blood drive, that is coming up December 2nd. You have to pre-register. So if you are going to do that, please go and do that today. You can that, find that links. Is, that is this Thursday. Yes. Like, don't wait till next Sunday to yes. do it. Because it's this Thursday. Yes. And then make sure to sign up for the blanket drive. That'll be fun. We've done that. Even before we launched the church, we did that. So every year, uh, it's a good time. If you are newer or if you haven't gotten to meet very many people, this is a really, uh, really great way to meet people, to do some fun stuff together. So hopefully you guys will, will join us. All right, so as we continue in our Misfit Toys series, I do want to view some of the stuff that we've covered up to this point. Uh, in the first week we covered, uh, we worked through creation and the fall, right? We were made perfect with purpose, with identity. Uh, and because of the fall, we have an emptiness. We have a longing for this, for this perfection. And then week two, we jumped into Ecclesiastes and talked how everything is meaningless and everything's just terrible. And, yeah, that was my favorite week. Right? <laughs> everything's That's meaningless. where I live. But we talked about how, you know, life is hard and it's not always fair, right? Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. And, and we have to really... Uh, come in contact with our own imperfections uh, because of our, we have the ability to hurt people. Other people have the ability to hurt us. Uh, and because of our own free will, we can, we can do that. And so we are misfit toys, right? Looking for purpose, for identity. And we can truly only fill that through God. And so we're going to work and continue in that today and how some of these things interact with people and God, the way we interact with God and how we interact with people. And so I've got some, some help today uh, from, so kids, I want all the kids in the room, I want you guys to look at the screen and tell me. I've got some toys that are going to help us today. Uh, kids, can, do you guys know who, who these are? Any, any kids? What is it? Yell it out. Toy Story. Toy Story. Yes. Do you know which one? No? Three. Toy Story 3. So we're going to be, the Toy Story 3 characters are going to be helping us a little bit today. Uh, dive into this whole misfit toy thing. But before we do that, I have a question. This is, this is, I'm just going to get really deep and, and dark. Does anybody here like being vulnerable? Anybody like being vulnerable? I know the kids are like, vulnerable, what's that? Everybody's like, no, vulnerability. Nice, is nice transition from toys are going to help right. us to That's why I said we're just, just going <laughs> to dig into it. So vulnerability, the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. That sounds... That sounds dangerous. Doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> so no, no, it doesn't sound like a good thing, right? But the type of vulnerability that we want to talk about is, is where we expose our true self, our flaws, our shortcomings, in the hope that we won't be rejected, but rather accepted. I think that's like, that's like countercultural, right? You can't, you can't show your weaknesses. You can't show your flaws. You know, even in the even in the safest relationships, right? And so I have a question, like, what keeps us from being vulnerable with each other? Uh, you can just think about, or are you going to say something? Nope. I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. What, like, I mean, even us, what, what, why would we be vulnerable with each other? What would keep us from being vulnerable? Well, there's certainly fear. I think on the, on the surface in our world today, like, vulnerability, it's, 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 it's like a, a popular topic. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's really just on the surface. When yeah. you actually dig in, uh, what that, what, what's going on behind that, uh, our world isn't a place, it isn't a safe space where you right. can actually be vulnerable. Right. So, you know, we've got we to gotta kind of deal with that. Well, and even yeah. so, if you guys are familiar with Brene Brown, she's kind of a leading figure on the whole vulnerability topic. 
But she states there are at least six types of people whom vulnerability is unhealthy. So she like there's a the thing like you know protect yourself. There's a there's so a, there's six types of people. Ty- six types of people whom it's unhealthy. It's to unhealthy be, to, to be, be vulnerable, vulnerable with. Okay, all right. Um, and so if you're familiar with her, you can. But I think for us today, you know, I want to I want to obviously address it from scripture. Uh, but here's the funny thing about vulnerability: you won't find that world that word in the Bible. At least not that I know of. Jason, do you know? I did not find one. <laughs> That was your homework for the weekend. I, I couldn't find it, so you were right. I so, so what is? So, why are we talking about vulnerability? What, what, why would we? Why would we go into that? That is a good question. Yeah, why are we? If, if the Bible, if the Bible doesn't <laughs> say anything about it, is that the topic it, today? If, if the Bible, <laughs> really, the topic is this. So, we, we're talking about misfit toys, yeah, and the fact that we all have, uh, we're we're searching for purpose, we're searching for identity. We have these these holes, these gaps. This uh, this results from what we say the fall. We've, it's like we were created with a purpose, right? But we can't seem to find what that purpose is, right? So we feel like misfits, right? Right. And so the the question today is, how then do we interact with each other? How are we vulnerable with each other, mm-hmm. while also being screwed up and messed up and having our own issues? And how do we trust? And how do we how do we get through this life dealing with not only my insecurities, but each other's insecurities and each other's problems? And you know what? How do we actually get by. So that's what we're going to be digging into. And this is where Toy Story is going to help us. So uh, if you guys are familiar with Toy Story 3, there's a character named Lotso. Kids, do you guys know about Lotso? Was he a nice guy? No, no, no. Lotso was a very damaged character <laughs> who by accident, he was abandoned. He was abandoned early. Uh, but because of the interpreted uh, rejection that he faced, he's, he begins to influence others and control things and abuses people, and he tries to, to hurt other people because of his own brokenness, because of his own damage. So I actually, for those of you who don't know Lotso or are unfamiliar, I wanted to take a look at, let's, let's, let's watch a little video of, of, of Lotso and, and his story. I was there when Lotso got unwrapped. Daisy loved us all, but Lotso, Lotso was special. They did everything together. You've never seen a kid in a toy more in love. One day we took a drive, hit a rest stop, had a little playtime. After lunch, Daisy fell asleep. give up. It took forever, but we finally made it back to Daisy's. But by then, it was too late. Something changed that day inside Lotso. Something snapped. She replaced us. Come on. No, she only replaced you. She replaced all of us, didn't she? She don't love you no more. Now, come on! 
cast. Cast off. Unloved. Unwanted. Then we found Sunnyside. That wasn't anyone's friend Sorry. anymore. Are you are you getting emotional, Sean? It's all right. So sad. <laughs> That's uh, well, Pixar movies do that to you, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you might find yourself if you didn't cry at the beginning of Up, you don't have a soul. <laughs> Just gonna say that. <laughs> Wise words from the pastor. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so you might be uh, watching this and go, okay, all right, it's a cute story, narrative, whatever, and you guys are picking us, you know, a little scene out of it and all that kind of stuff. What does that have to do with anything about the Christian faith, right? Uh, and we're going to dig into that, okay? It's a, it's a good question. What does that have to do with us, all right? So let's break it down. Uh, let's break down the Christian narrative, okay? Maybe you're beginning your faith journey. Maybe you don't know where you stand and, and all this stuff, and that's, that's okay, but from the Christian perspective, this, this is the narrative. We started with perfection, right? God created Adam and Eve in this perfect harmony with him, right? And then we get the fall where sin comes in. Sin enters in, and that creates all kinds of problems. We fast forward to where Jesus enters the picture, and this is the big part of the redemption story. We see all things becoming new, and we're, we're working our way through God back towards this right relationship, right? And it's only possible through Jesus. So that's, that's kind of like the Christian narrative really simplified and broken down, yeah. okay? Quick, so we just quicker. at least grab that much of it. We can kind of move on through the next steps here, okay? So the basic answer in all of this stuff is just trust Jesus, okay? That's, that's kind of the Christian just, mantra. Just we, do that. That's, yeah, accept yeah, this narrative and just trust Jesus. And that, that sounds dismissive, right? It sounds oversimplified. It sounds completely clueless. You, you go out into the world and, and, you know, people tend to look at the Christian walk and, the, oh, and this oversimplified narrative, and eh, I, don't, I don't resonate with that, right? So we need to, we need to kind of address that. I'm going to ask you a question as we move forward here. Um, have you ever been hurt? And I'm, I'm sure that's like, no. that's a basic question, right? Never. Never been hurt? Sean, you don't look like you've ever been hurt. No, 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 <laughs> no never. Of course. <laughs> that's part of the part. You're, you're like this good looking dude who has, you know, this perfect looking family, right? You've never been hurt. No, <laughs> never. Never faced anything. Yeah, we've all been hurt. Of course. The answer is yes. And how deeply and early in life that you've been hurt, it can potentially impact you for the rest of your life. Okay? Think about that. It's, this is a truth. This is a scientifically studied fact. How deeply and early on in your life you've been hurt will impact you for the rest of your life. Okay? This hurt, this pain, it encodes on our brains. And we will always, to some degree, have trouble believing that we are safe. 
these thoughts, they actually lodge in our brain, and it keeps us from being able to process well. Uh, that's a very oversimplified way of putting <laughs> right. it, and, and I could try and delve into it a little deeper. That's above my pay grade, <laughs> but if you don't believe me, look it up. Uh, the challenge is this. You know, Sean talked about being vulnerable, right? Being vulnerable is being open. That's kind of that's the premise we're starting with here. Being vulnerable is being open. But how can you be open when you're born into this sinful situation? The world hurts you. Right. You hurt others. Right. Evil, which is a part of what we believe in the Christian narrative, this evil damages us, right? There are lies that come forward. Evil will lie, okay? We must understand this. Evil has tried and will continue to try to keep us from the love of God. This is what happens in the garden, right? What do we see? Sean talked about this in the first week of, the, uh, of this series. You've got Adam and Eve, and they're in this right relationship. They have this perfect union going on with God. And there's this one little thing they're kind of not supposed to do, right? And by kind of, you I mean had they're not. one thing. <laughs> one thing. One job, right? And, uh, and so what happens? You get this serpent, this lie of evil that enters in and says, eh, is, that really, is, that, is that really what you were told? I mean, let's, let, let's work through that. It starts to plant these seeds of doubt and then works in on those seeds of doubt to the point of where they fall. They give in, they buy the lie, and they fall. That's the first, that's the beginning issue here where we have evil trying to keep us from embracing that God is our true parent. This is, this is a very important thing because, and, and parents, this is a powerful uh, thing for us to embrace. Is we're, we're actually an example. We are, in many ways, the way that, uh, you know, our kids understand a loving parent, and that's a reflection of God. So the there will be struggles to no embrace. No pressure <laughs> or anything. Yeah, no pressure or anything, right? But we're all broken. We're going to fail. We are going to fail. That's just a part of the situation. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah, sorry. That goes on to the second week. Meaning like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's get into this from maybe a, a, a more um, scientific perspective, right? Okay, so in developmental psychology, there's some interesting theories about how we learn not to trust. Okay, this is this is nothing new, but there's been some pretty amazing things that came out, you know, over the, some studies over the last century. And there's this uh, psychiatrist, Dr. John Balby, and he's famous for this theory on attachment, which basically it essentially says, like, in the earliest days of a child's life, particularly in the first year, if there's not an attachment with the caregiver, the parent or the primary caregiver. They will always struggle to various degrees with attachment and relationships for the rest of their lives. So think about that for a second. Just in that first year situation, if you don't have a right attachment, it's going to impact every relationship throughout the rest of your lives. And so you get into a situation where you have this dysfunctional attachment or, you know, it's a, a, a not healthy attachment way of attaching if you want to go that way you can run away from others you can smother others there's if you want to get into this but it will impact the way that you relate with others to various degrees 
So you begin to lose trust, okay? You, you just, you begin to lose trust that your caregiver loves you. Wait, what did that sound like? Yeah. Uh, it sounds a yeah. little bit like uh, the garden, <laughs> garden, garden, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So Satan's lie enters in. Um, there's a, another uh, great devel developmental uh, psychologist, Dr. Eric Erickson. Um, he developed this eight-stage development theory, and it's basically, it's not, it's not based on ages, but stages. And, uh, but, but, but a big chunk of them is in your childhood development, but it continues on throughout the rest of your life. And if you do not properly go through these stages, you won't function in the next stage. You just, it doesn't work, okay? And the important part about this is that one of Erickson's big, uh, one of the things that he really uh, pointed to was one's identity and, and how it's established, okay? He's actually the guy that coined the phrase identity crisis. Hmm. So, you didn't know that. Um, More you know. <laughs> so like a Jeopardy question or something? Uh, there, yeah, <laughs> now you know something for Jeopardy. But, but here's the thing. Um, Erickson stated that if a teenager does not walk away from his adolescent years with a clear sense of who he is, he will never have a healthy personality. Now, wow. that's, that's his words. That doesn't mean that 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 there is no way right, in right. which it can be redeemed. But that's pretty powerful based off of all of his study and research. What this points to is Christ being at the center. The beauty of Erickson's work is that it kind of points to the, the need for Christ at the center. So a lot of times we talk about um, one of our, our key things is embracing your identity in Christ. That's what we're all about here. So what that actually means is embracing that you are fully loved, that you are absolutely, truly, and fully loved. And that's such a powerful thing. Very hard to do when you've been damaged, right? When you've gone through pain, you, you may not believe that anyone is safe or that you could really be loved. You start taking in wrong messages about yourself in very early stages. And then that stays with you for the rest of your life until you can confront that with truth. And sometimes it's just very hard. We're, we're incapable of fully embracing the truth. Right. Yeah. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you even begin right. to embrace that truth. So life can damage us, but that doesn't mean that the damage can't be overcome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. These issues, they, they point to, uh, you know, identity or the damage that evil tries to do to our identity in Christ. But we get confused, kind of like Lotso does, <laughs> right? So what happens in, in Lotso's story, uh, you know, early on, he feels abandoned. Yep. And it wasn't by his fault. He does get abandoned, right? Yep. And then when he sees the situation... He takes control of that narrative. It doesn't trust anybody. Doesn't po he can't possibly see that there could be another side to the yeah, story. Yeah, there's no other narrative. It's yeah. just, yeah. And so he internalizes that and then acts out of that brokenness, right? So if you didn't understand why we would show that video <laughs> in the beginning and kind of get there, that's, that's where it comes in, okay? Many of us, we're all at different stages in accepting our identity in Christ. 
that's really important because we tend to judge each other and judge ourselves based out of that. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's, this is one thing, if you, can, if you can hold on to this little piece before we move into the next thing. The Christian life will not look the same for everyone. It just won't. We have different experiences, and God is working through us in very different ways, but God is working. I think this one's, yeah. oh, go ahead, where are you going? No, go ahead. I was just, I think this is extremely hard to live out. Yes. Uh, because we are very good at comparing. We're very good at judging ourselves versus somebody else, or we're very good at judging people. And it's judging so others. hard right. to know, like, like Sierra said, you don't, it's not like we have a, a, a screen saying what our damage is. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I had an abusive parent, or I didn't have parents, or I had something traumatic happen. Like, we, we don't know. Like, we don't know what each of us is carrying underneath the surface, and it's so easy to just be like, oh, well, you know, the Bible says to do this, or, and we just totally, and it may, it may be true, you know what I'm saying? There's truths in scripture, but the way that we approach people, you know, are we actually approaching them in love and in grace and in patience, like? Yeah, if we can't accept that ourselves, how are we ever going to give that to anyone else? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's true. I mean, if, if, If I can't acknowledge that I have something in my life that's been broken or hurt or wounded, then it's going to be really hard for me to be sensitive to the people around me Mm. who may be going through something or have gone through something, and they're still working through what that means. And that's, I mean, that's why we we talk about finding your identity in Christ, because it it all comes back to Jesus at some point, right? It it comes back to Jesus restoring our identity, because in the garden, like you're saying, you know, they, they experienced blame. Right? They blamed each other, so they started blaming it. They experienced shame. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not, we weren't built to, to, to deal with shame. We weren't right. supposed to. Right. Right? They, they, they felt guilt and shame. They felt betrayal and blame. Like they, they found all these different aspects of their life that you know, they weren't supposed to feel. Yeah. And it was a wounding experience that literally marred the next generation to the thousandth degree. Right? I mean, we're just constantly in this stage. And, and even when we go to Scripture, we see that people... Even though they were, you know, loved by God, even though they embraced God, even though they followed after God, they, they were still wounded. And they still had to go through things and understand things. A great example is David. Right? D- David was a guy who, you know, was, according to Paul, in, in Acts chapter 13, Paul says that David, you know, was a, a man. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Right, so Paul is trying to talk about how David was a man after God's own heart. And yet, if you go back to 1 Samuel 13, when God said this about David, it was before David was actually king. Right? This was why he was going to make David king. So a lot of things hadn't happened to him. A lot of things had happened to him, even up to that point. He was the youngest. He was often overlooked. He was basically picked on by his brothers. They, they made fun of him a lot, apparently, because when he come to bring him stuff when they were on the battle lines, uh, they were like, come on, just go back home and take care of the sheep. You're just a little brother. Leave us alone, right? They, he had all these things that could be wounds in his life that could be damaged, and yet God said, he's a man after my own heart. And the question is, you know, why? Why was David a man after God's own heart? What was the difference? And, you know, the difference was basically he completely trusted God. He completely gave himself over to saying, God, I trust that when I'm vulnerable, when I'm open, that you will be the one who meets my needs. And he just so, uh, he loved God with everything that he had. 
That's why in 2 Samuel 6, it says that David, he was wearing a linen ephod, which I know most of you probably Do you have an ephod that. in your... Uh, I always have an ephod with me. Okay. That's what I do. <laughs> and basically, okay. it means it was a commoner's stuff, right? It, he, he wasn't dressed in his royal robes. He was dressed like a normal person, right? He was dressed even in, in a, the way a priest maybe would do some of the normal functions that a priest would do. He was just dressed not as the monarch, but as a common you know, person. And in that, it says David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. I mean, think about that for just, have you, has anybody here ever danced with all their might? Yeah. Did you do it in public? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Probably my know. wife. <laughs> okay. That, that's true. Well, it, but was it, you know, when your wife danced, it was very planned and very structured, um, as far as I know, because I'm an expert in For, for those of you who don't, my, my wife is a retired ballerina, so <laughs> this is why we're talking about her dancing. Yes. <laughs> But, I mean, really to dance with all your might, which later, when, when David gets home, his, his wife looks at him and says, I can't believe you embarrassed us like that. Now, how many men here have ever had your wife tell you, I can't believe you embarrassed <laughs> us at the party like that? Uh, yeah, okay, you can put your hands down. It's all right. Not every, you know, <laughs> um, especially my wife. She can put her hand down. I can't put my hand up because then I'll embarrass her by putting her <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's, you know, but that's the thing. David was so given over to God that he was willing to dance with all his might, to, to completely embarrass himself, to look like a normal person, like not the, the regal monarch that he was supposed to be. Instead, he said, I'm going to worship God with everything that I have. And it kind of got him in trouble. But then you also read the Psalms. If you read the Psalms, you can see over and over, David not only worshiped God with all his might, he yelled at God with all his might. I mean, David just said, God, I can't believe you're doing what you're doing. I'm really mad at you. I'm angry. I can't believe you would let this happen. I'm just distraught. I'm overwhelmed. I mean, he lets God know everything that he's thinking. And for a lot of us, just like we won't dance with all our might in, in the presence of God, we won't open up and tell God what we're really feeling. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the reason for all of that is because to be vulnerable means to trust. Mm -hmm. It means to trust that when I open myself up, God will respond as one who is with me, right? As one who is, is on my side. And, and that's hard for us. I, I know as a, just on a human level, one of the things I love about our friendship, right, as pastors is, you know, we get together uh, constantly, it feels like probably. <laughs> um, but the great thing is, you know, we are in a place where we can be vulnerable with each other and, and we can actually find a safe place to be vulnerable. Now, we're not like that with everyone, right? And it's not right. like therapy sessions every time we get together. Occasionally. Sometimes. But not every time, <laughs> you know. But, but it's a safe place. And it's life-giving because of that. And, and so the question is, when you come into the presence of God, are you able to open yourself up and say, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk my feelings, my emotions, my, you know, the wounds that I've experienced. I'm going to expose those to God because... That's where I hope I can get healing from that. I mean, you can only trust when you have something to lose. And so, you know, in, in the Toy Story thing, right? He, 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 he trusted, he loved, and then he lost something. Right. 
And so he decided, I'm never going to open up again. I'm going to control everything. I'm going to manipulate everything. I'm going to make the narrative into what I'm going to make sure I never get hurt like that again. That's right. I'm going to make sure I never get hurt like that again. And and that's really, I think, the story that a lot of us live. Even when it comes to our relationship with God, we say, you know what? I I, I was hurt at a church. I was hurt by a Christian. I was hurt by this. And and I'm never going to open up to God completely because I'm afraid it will hurt again. And that is why being, we talk about vulnerability, right? You know, more more than just this the the buzzword that you know in business. If you're vulnerable, you can now manipulate your staff. Wait a minute, right. that's not the the point of, of what we're getting to. The point is when you are open with God, and you say, God, this is where my pain is. This is what I'm struggling with. This is where I'm really mad at you, <laughs> right? We can begin to to find who what God really thinks of us. And, and, you know, the story of David is the story of a person who failed multiple times. And the Bible lays all those failures out really yes, clearly. Right. <laughs> uh, but he continued to trust in God's faithfulness even in the midst of his failures. And, and I think that moves us to the question that we need to think about now in the light of all this is, you know, what does it look like for us, for you, for me, for all of us to trust God today? Right? In a world where, let's be honest, you can get hurt. What does it look like to trust God and to trust that he's actually on your side and that he's working for your good? I think, yeah, I think that's, each one of us, I think, is going to hear this differently. Because mm. there's going to be people in here who have been like, yeah, I've tried that before and yeah. it got me hurt. Yes. And you're being dismissive because you don't know the pain that I've been here. I, I, wanna, I, I want to affirm you and say, look, we are not trying to judge pain. We're not trying to judge circumstances. We're not trying to do any of that. Like, we understand. I mean, we've, we've all been burned by people in the church. Like, we've been burned by people outside of the church. Like, Yeah, if you, if you ever <laughs> talk to, if you want to know anybody who's been burned by people in the church, go talk to a pastor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No, no, go talk to a pastor's wife. Well, there you go. Oh, there you that, go. That's gonna. There the, you go. There's a special <laughs> place in heaven for the spouses of, of Abs- pastors. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want it to sound dismissive, by any means. But I think what, what we are. The first place that that we are pushing to be vulnerable is truly with God. Yeah. Like how how can we be vulnerable with God? I think the, the David story is great. We can all see, like you said in the Psalms, like him just being honest. How how often are we that honest? even with ourselves, let alone with God, uh, to, to just be open with, hey, this is how I feel about this. This hurt, or this, I'm not happy about this, or I don't like this. Like, I don't think a lot of us actually take the time to work through that, because it's, it's painful. Like, there's, there's potentially. A, it, potentially painful. So, what keeps us from being vulnerable? What, what keeps us from trusting? And I think, CR, you mentioned this at the beginning. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to fear. It's fear that we won't be accepted, fear that we'll be rejected, fear that we may be punished. Um, and, and at the end of the day, fear is truly just a lack of, of trust. Yeah. It's, it's saying, if this happens, I don't trust a good outcome to happen. I, I trust that something bad is we, going to happen. You know, we, we long for relationship. We're actually craving Oh, we see it all the time. Oh, everybody all the time. And this is the pain that we live in is that we're actually looking for that connection, but we're afraid to step into that connection. Mm -hmm. And I know I've said this to the point where it's kind of, yeah, don't say it again, Sarah. But uh, (laughs) we talk about the triune God. Uh, We're created in the image of a triune God. 
and that relationship that our God has, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we're a reflection of that. Yeah. We long for that relationship. And so when we walk through life and we don't enter into relationship with others, we're starving ourselves for the connection right. that we are longing for. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. When we talk to people, even in this community, uh, even some of you, it's like, oh, connection, connection. It's like everybody wants it, but yet it's this like unattainable, <laughs> it's like this unattainable gem. Because as soon as I, as soon as I give myself over to that, I'm, I'm opening myself up to potentially be hurt. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm opening up myself to be let down. And so if I don't do that, I won't get hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, for us to you, when it, involving relationships, I, I think you have to be careful of who you're vulnerable with. I'm not saying, hey, open yourself up to everybody, and if they go to the church, that they're trustworthy. Like, that, that's just not true. Like, you can be hurt. We, we can hurt people. We, we all know that. And so I think that, you know, when in our relationships, the way that we interact with people, I think that's why it's so important to try to give grace to people, to try to give the benefit of the doubt, to try to communicate. Um, but I think you can't do that until you've been vulnerable with God. Absolutely. And you right. trust that what he says about you is true. Yes. Right. And, and that's really the foundation. And that's kind of where, you know, in all this, what, what God says about each of you is that you are loved, you are cared for, you are important, you, oh, yeah. you have meaning, you have significance. And when we begin to embrace that, right. that's when we can then begin to offer grace to the people around us. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, us saying, you know, we, we want to help people embrace our identity in Christ. It's so important to me. I wouldn't be able to get up here every week if I didn't have my foundation in Christ. Like, it's, it's, it's too hard emotionally. Like, I'm going to get up here. I'm, oh, they're going to like it or not like it. Even today, you know, we're going to get off the stage. Like, if you could only be transported into our minds, like, no, you, you don't, don't want, want that. that. It, yeah. it, <laughs> <laughs> I like, that was fast. You guys both did that. Right? <laughs> that was good. That was good. But you'd realize, like, you know, we, we, we're, we're all in the same playing field. Like, we have insecurities. You have insecurities. We care. We want to be liked. We want to be included. We want to have purpose and identity just like you. And so that's why I harp so much on identity. It's like, that, it's so important to know Look, it's great to have people like you, and it's great to have people, you know, friends and, and reassurance and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't have it, like Jason said, if you don't have it in Christ first, it's going to be so tough. So I have, you know, to start to close our time a little bit, I have three things that, that if you're taking notes, you can write this down. But three things to, to basically tell yourself uh, that I think really help s set a good mindset uh, moving forward. And it's this. The first one is this. One, I am not God. I need God. I will trust God. I think so many times we play, we, we play little, little G gods. I am in control. Usually that's it. I'm in control. And saying I am not God is admitting I am not in control. I do not have all this together. I need God. Talk about vulnerability. A lot of us, we, we control things ourselves. We build things. We're business owners. We're, you know, we're, we're, We've built wealth for ourselves. Yeah, get we, enough education, enough right. money, enough prestige. Then you don't have to exactly. rely on other people, right? You don't Absolutely. Have to. So admitting that I need God, that's a big step. Some, some of us will get stuck at that. Okay, I can admit that I'm not God. Fine, but I need God? Mm. That's a tough one. I think some of us really struggle with that. And then the last one, I will trust God. Again, I've been hurt before. I don't know if I can trust. I don't like being vulnerable. 
But if we can this week, I'd meditate on these. How, how in my life am I playing God? How in my life am I, not, am I not sharing my need for God? How am I not trusting God? And I think before we can truly open ourselves up to, to, to others, before we can really dig in, we have to, we have to be good with God. <laughs> we have to come to him and be fully honest. I, I, I think it's a lot like in Mark 9, uh, the story. We talked about this a couple months ago. The father who, who brought his son to Jesus, uh, and he said, I believe that Jesus can heal. And then he said, what? Help me with my unbelief. So he says, I believe. I believe you can heal my son, Jesus. And then right after, help me with my unbelief. And I feel like a lot of us are like that. Mm-hmm. We're like, I trust you, God. Uh, help, help me with my trust, right? I want to believe. I'm struggling to believe. And so... Like CR said, it looks different. We're each going to struggle with this a little different. Our, our lives, the, the things we've had happen, the interactions we've had. Um, and so if we can do that, if we can do that, I am not God. I need God. I will trust God. Keep that close to you today. Keep that close to you this week <laughs> for the next year. So I think this is really important for us to, to truly be vulnerable with God, to be able to ask him. I know that's something for us, like, if you've, if you've ever prayed for something before and didn't have it happen, now all of a sudden, ah, I'm afraid to pray. I'm afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to put myself out there and be vulnerable to, to be rejected again, to have a no. And that's, that's some tough things to work through. But I do believe if we can get to that point where we trust God to find our identity in him, our relationships will look better. We will feel better about ourselves. We will have more confidence knowing that we are truly loved by Christ that we have purpose and identity in him. You guys have anything else? All right, well, let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for this time. And God, I pray that we would truly embrace our identity, God, in you. that we'd find our purpose in you, God. And that even though we may struggle, maybe though we've had hurts in the past, God, that, that we can come to you, that we can be honest with you and trust that you are the one who gives us our identity. You are the one who gives us our purpose. You are the one who we can truly trust. God, I pray that, that we'd be able to open ourselves up to you that you would use that, God. We love you so much. We thank you for this time. Pray that you'd be very real to us this week and the coming days. Pray that you would be honored, God, in our lives and in this time together. We love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen.